Coming up on episode 292 of Wheel Bearings, we've got the Cadillac CT5 Blackwing, the Kia Sportage plug-in hybrid, the Hyundai Ionic 5, the new Mazda CX-90s with our first drive impressions, and also first drive impressions of the Hyundai Ionic 6. That and GM is taking away smartphone projection from your EV. All that and more coming up next. This is episode 292 of Wheel Bearings, closing in on 300. Uh, I am Sam Abul Salmon from Guidehouse Insights. And I am Nicole Wakelin from Let's Go With uh, Fast Women Podcast. And I'm Roberto Baldwin from Ars Technica. And Mr. Baldwin, what have you been driving? I've been driving a lot of things. I'm not, oh, wait, I know I can't talk about them. <laughs> but I've been driving uh, since Thursday. I've been driving the Kia Sportage. 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 More, more, more specifically, the 2023 Sportage PHEV X-Line Prestige all-wheel drive. <sighs> That's, such That's a, a lot. Long name. <laughs> I mean, I guess you don't need all-wheel drive in the name. If I start a car company, everything's going to have like year, make, model. That's it. And just be trim level one, two, and three. That's I, it. I spoke to the... Uh, <laughs> To the uh, CEO of Polestar, and I was like, "How come you you don't want you know names? It's all Polestar One, Polestar Two. He's like, "You know what? A pain in the ass." He's like, "I've been in so many meetings <laughs> where we have to come up with a name, and then you have to like legal has to go through, and then you have to make sure it doesn't mean something weird in another country. It's not you know <laughs> bad word or sexual position." Or he's like, "And I kind of like you know this is the 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 Polestar Three. This is the Polestar Two. This is the Polestar." I'm like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> I can I can get behind that idea. It's easier than these eighty-five word descriptions for different cars. Yeah. You can say the Polestar to long range, short range, whatever. Polestar, whatever. And I, I have I have a sneaking feeling though that as Polestar launches more models in the next few years, we're gonna start <laughs> seeing more suffixes added on there to, to distinguish the variants. Like, we're gonna, like it's gonna be like five hundred and forty-seven. Like it's gonna be like <laughs> OS. It's like Mac OS 10. It's like it was OS 10.1, 10.2, 10.3, 10.4. Now it's like Monterey, Mojave, <laughs> Barstow. <laughs> like this is the new Polestar Barstow. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway, back to the uh, the 2023 Sportage PHEV X-Line Prestige all-wheel drive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? It's Kia, Hyundai, you get inside, you're like, oh, this feels much nicer than it should. <laughs> when you look at the the layout, um, one thing I, I do not like is, I, I ha- and maybe I just can't find the setting, but I, it hasn't. Um, one of the things they did with the um, <clears throat> EV6 GT is you have that little area where you can, you know, uh, the little touch, sort of tiny capacitive touch uh, area for climate or media controls. And so you hit a little button and it switches to media controls. You hit the little button, switches the climate. On the EV6 GT, um, what they've done is they've updated that. So it defaults back to something. So you can have it default back to either media controls or climate. So mm-hmm. if you know you're going to be changing the media controls a lot, you can hit the button, it'll go to climate, you can change the climate. And then after a few moments, it'll go back to media controls. That way later on, you're not turning the heat up and down while trying to adjust your <laughs> the volume of your music. 
I don't. It has. I don't think the update has come out. Has hit the uh, sportage yet, <laughs> or at least the one I'm in. Um, and so it, it it goes to one, and then it stays to it. And then you, because I've gotten used to the EV6 GT, um, I'm I, now I'm turning the heat up and down while trying to stay. <laughs> What's going on? What's going on? And I'm like, oh, I guess I could just use the 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 steering wheel, but it's it's not the same. Um, uh, other than that, you know, it's still it's. You know, it's Kia. It's it's got the PHEV. I I've only had this for a few days, so I haven't had a chance to do a, 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 an exhaust exhaustive test. Um, so I haven't been able to just fill it up full of electrons and then drive as far as possible to see how far it'll go. Uh, EPA says it'll do 35 miles um, on the. Uh, wait, nope, that's right. That's wrong. That's wrong. Sorry. EPA says it'll do 34 now? miles. 34 oh, miles. And you said 35. I, I mean, horrible, I said 35. horrible exaggeration. <laughs> I said 35. I know. I apologize. Uh, it has an MPGE combined of 84. Um, I. You know what? It's here. Here's here's the thing with this car. Yeah. It's 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 bigger. You know, it's it's larger than the Kona and everything, but it's not as big as the Telluride. It's kind of like a like in this weird middle spot between these it's two. It's the just right temperature of porridge. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. Yeah, it's just right. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's not, you know, the, the, I really like the Kona. The Kona just feels like a fun little car. Mm-hmm. And I really like the, or not the Kona, I'm sorry, the Nero. The Nero is a fun, it's the same car. <laughs> <laughs> Close <laughs> one's little, enough. One's a little bigger than the other. I really like the Nero. Uh, it's, a, it's, you know, it feels, it's not quite as fun as the Kona, but it's still like a, a small, it's essentially just a, high, a tall hatchback. All those crossovers right. are just tall hatchbacks. Meanwhile, the Telluride is this like, you know, market busting machine Giant that just makes vehicle. every, yeah, that just makes everyone feel like, oh no. What did, what have we been doing for the last twenty years? These people just come in and change everything. Um, and then the Sportage is just sort of this is there in the middle and kind of, I think maybe a little forgotten. Um, but Aww. it's probably I'm sure it probably sells a lot, but it just doesn't get a lot of like oh oh yeah the Sportage. <laughs> you know what it is? It's like it's a great car, but it's not like there's nothing standouty about it. Like there's nothing that really yeah. strikes your attention. So it just kind of is under the radar. But once you notice it, you're like oh hey wait this is actually yeah. really all right. Yeah, you 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 you, it's it's just sort of there, and then you drive it around like, oh, oh, okay. And even the the soul, which the first time I was about to drive it, I I had a broken leg, so I had a, and it's long story. (laughs) Um, And I was like, oh man, I have to drive the soul because I was I was getting a car from one of the car like short term car rental agencies in the city, and I got in the car, and in two minutes, I'm like, this car is awesome. It's exactly what it's supposed to be, and that's sort of what the Sportage is. It's exactly what it's supposed to be. Just that doesn't look as as kooky and fun as the soul. I love you know, that they it, haven't changed the soul. Well, I mean, they change it, but it's still this little boxy thing. Yeah, it's a little box. It's just so much room in that car. Yeah. And, and I'm still sad they didn't bring the EV version over because they just I couldn't know. make enough batteries. I sure. drove it. It was it was, it was was really fun to drive, but they just couldn't make enough batteries. Uh, the uh, the Sportage plug-in hybrid, the PHEV, starts at $38,690. Uh, the version I was in... Um, with all the bells and whistles, because it was the X Line Prestige. Uh, the starting price for that is, um, oh, I guess it's still anyway. It's forty-two thousand nine hundred ninety dollars. Then, oh no, I'm gonna mess up the whole game. Anyway, it's a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, mean, I, I, you know what? You gave me the extra hour of sleep to do the podcast today, and I'm just. I'm all no, you're wired. all off kilter. You're completely I'm, off. I'm wired. Um, so the uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But the it gets you know, 
gasoline only it's like 35 miles per gallon they're like wow that's pretty good <laughs> i I have not charged this thing since Thursday. I just picked it up, drove it home, and I've just been busy with other things. But I've been driving it a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm getting 38 miles per gallon just driving around without charging it. <laughs> without, you know, and it, it charges it a little bit and you get a little bit of, you know, a little bit of charge, but it's definitely not what you're going to get if, if you plugged it in. Yeah, I mean, that's night. basically what you would get with just the a Sportage hybrid. Yeah, yeah, it's and so it's it's a sportage hybrid essentially. If you if you are really lazy like me the last few days because you know you're you're plugging in your own EV, um, yeah, you're still gonna get like 35 to or for me 38. And this is on highway. I'm just driving back and forth on the highway, doing picking things up, dropping things off, picking things up, dropping things off. And so that's that's pretty good. Um, and and again, you don't need the X line. You probably you know you maybe you need all wheel drive if that's your jam. Um, but yeah, overall, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a nice little car. It's got a 1.6 liter turbocharged plug-in hybrid, six-speed automatic. Um, you know, when you're driving, there is a there's been a few times where you can sort of there is a little um, I don't want to say lag, but you can feel it's not as smooth the transition from um, from the, the the gasoline engine to the EV powertrain. Um, most of the time it is, but every once in a while you feel you get a little you get a little bump, you get a little a little jar. Um, but for the most part, it's fine. Um, the driver's assist technology, uh, Kia has been working on Kia and Hyundai have been working on this for a while. It's still pretty good. That's, that's, you know, what it comes down to it. Um, <laughs> you know, cut-ins, it, it breaks a little bit, uh, later than I think most people would feel comfortable with for a cut-in. Uh, when someone, this is when someone pulls in front of you while you're, you know, when you're driving, um, Android auto and CarPlay. You just get it. You don't. It's not going away anytime soon, like uh, some other. <laughs> you know at of. least not for these guys. At least we, yeah, <laughs> that we yeah. know of. That we know. I don't. I think. Oh my God. We'll we'll talk about that later. That's later in yeah. the show. We can fight about that's that. that. We can. We can. <laughs> yeah. That's someone shooting themselves in the foot. Um, overall, no. I I I. You know, this is a nice. You know, if you want a, a midsize SUV, two rows. You need some cargo space. You want some good, pretty good gas mileage. It can get a little pricey once you you know hit up hit those uh when you get the prestige and all will drive but you know 38,000 you know something to sneeze at but you know you're getting a lot of car and of course the interior is really nice see if this the nice sort of that nice kia interior the kia hyundai interior where you you feel like you're getting a better car than uh than what you uh what you paid for mm-hmm. I would agree. Excellent. yeah what about oh, the oh, uh, delivery oh. charge Hold on, hold on. Let me. Op- I just closed the tab. Let me reopen the cl- tab. Da, 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 da. All right. What's the uh, what, what? What? What's what's? What do you guys think? I'm gonna say eleven ninety five. I'm gonna say eleven hundred. Oh, Sam wins today. Of course he does. Twelve ninety five. Twelve ninety five. So the actual price for the car was forty four thousand two hundred eighty five. But I couldn't say that because I uh, I left out the when I said it the first time. The number that was the 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 price without the uh, the shipping and handling <laughs> charge. So yeah, so it's a forty five thousand dollar vehicle in my driveway, which uh, it's a lot at that point. Which is throwing forty five thousand dollars. You're like, well, maybe I just go up to the next vehicle. <laughs> uh, you know, at that point, is it worth you know just ju- you know jump a couple thousand more and get an EV six? Yeah, exactly. Yes. So. Yeah, that's a, you know that's what that's what happens a lot of times when we, when they send us these vehicles they send us the best of the best, best and then the best. it starts bumping up against other vehicles in that 
automakers or other vehicles that are the next, uh, you know, next segment up. And you're just like, well, what am I? Hmm. <laughs> so, well, I guess, I mean, what is the starting price uh, for the plug-in hybrid? It is $38,690. So it's, for, is that the base trim or that's is that for the plug-in plug-in hybrid base starting okay. price? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, yeah, that's a little more reasonable. Yeah. 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 Uh, and of course you can also you can also get the sportage hybrid, just just a regular hybrid, which is gonna be a lot cheaper. Oh yeah, that one starts at twenty seven thousand four hundred and ninety dollars. So what? um <clears throat> which one would you get? Man, that's a you know, that's a tough one because uh it depends on if you can charge at home. If you have something to plug it in. And you have, uh, you know, a 35 mile round trip every day. Mm -hmm. You just drive around without ever using gas. Um, but does it, you know, without with, with the IRA the way it is and, um, the, you know, does that work for you financially as a as a regular person? Probably not. Um, so you might end up just getting the, the hybrid. Um, but, you know, hopefully they can they can start bringing these prices uh down because a ten thousand dollar you know jump is that's a huge that's a big chunk of change that's a big chunk of change and you're like yep. okay if i live in, if i live in california you're like oh that's kind of a no-brainer because that's <laughs> that's like ten thousand dollars is like three months of gas um but if you live somewhere else <laughs> if you live somewhere else you know you gotta you gotta you gotta bust out the spreadsheet and you gotta bust out the calculator you gotta do your roi you gotta see figure out your return on investment um and then do you know do, and, and if you have you need somewhere to charge if you don't have any if this if you're an apartment dweller you get the hybrid if you have a house yeah. and you have something you can just plug in and it doesn't need to have a level two you don't need to go out and buy a charger you can just get whatever comes in the car and that's kind of you know where the decision point comes in if you have somewhere to plug in mm -hmm. but um you know that you are you know maybe semi-regularly going to want to take longer trips um you know the plug-in hybrid, you know, allows you to do your daily driving on electricity, um, not have to necessarily invest, you know, what, depending on your, on your house and, you know, the, the configuration of your house, what could be potentially several thousand dollars to install a level two charger, uh, you know, if you've got an older electrical panel uh, and, you know, and then also not have any hassle you know, planning when you want to take a longer road trip. So you can, you can plug into a 120 volt outlet, charge overnight, do, do your electric driving, and then just keep going when you want to take longer road trips. So that's kind of where the sweet spot lies for, for a plug-in hybrid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you, yeah, if you have that place and you have that, you know, it, most people don't do road trips. I don't tell me you're doing a road trip. And then when I ask you when's the last time you did a road trip, it was seven years ago. Yeah. <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. You know, and also don't like every day I drive 350 miles. I'm like, well, do you though? <laughs> <laughs> and yes, yeah. there are other people who are the outliers. I'm like, well, then just don't get this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, this is not still, the car for you. There's still plenty of internal combustion choices. You know, if you are that person. And you can and, just get the hybrid if you're driving 7 billion miles a day, which is again, yeah it's you know it's um it's 44 miles per gallon with just the hybrid um if you get the nicer fancier one it's 38 miles per gallon but it's still you know you're still getting a lot of uh um you're getting still getting some nice uh some nice efficiency out of this vehicle so and it's nice inside 
and yeah, you can plug in your nice phone. Inside. All righty. Nicole. Yes. What about you? I have. It's funny. I feel like I've been like all Hyundai lately. I drove the Ionic 6 last week. Last week. Really, really Sounds recently. Right. It feels like last week. And um, now I'm in the Ionic 5, which I went backwards in time to drive the Ionic 5, which I really like. So the, the interesting thing about the Ionic 5 to me is that it looks different. I mean, it has such an angular design to it as opposed to all these nice sort of curvy swoopy sporty things that they do in a lot of the design and it was a very intentional thing it wasn't like hyundai phoned it in they really came up with something different for this and i love that when you look at everything they have a theme there's these little squares pixels someone argued with me they aren't pixels hyundai calls them pixels so to heck with you all they're pixels and I told you, you it wasn't it. a pixel somebody claimed it couldn't be a pixel because it was not emitting light i mean i got an engineer who tried to be like well actually and i was like well actually that's what they call it so to heck with you engineering guy well, and actually, pixels oh, is he like on an LCD yeah. don't emit, you know, if you're looking at an LCD, the pixels don't actually emit light either. They have a separate light behind there. The pixels that you see are just a shutter that opens and closes. So, yeah, yeah the fact whether or not it, dis, it emits light has nothing to do with whether it's a pixel. Taha, yeah. see, Sam yeah. for the win. See, this guy I was like, stop <laughs> it. It's marketing and whatever. So I like that. I like that they have it when you look in the lights on the back. You see all these little squares, whether it's lit up at night or whether it's just during the day, you can still see all these little squares. Like when you look at the handles, when the little pop out handles in the car, there's a tiny little square in the handles. You open the door, you have the same little pixel design, like on the interior, on the door, it's on the seats. You see, even the steering wheel, it doesn't say Hyundai or have an H on it. It just has four little square pixels. So I think that I like the design of this and the wheels are even striking. Like it's, not every car when you drive around, do people actually notice your car? They notice it for two reasons, I think, when you're a journalist. Either it's weird and different, or it's like, oh my gosh, that car costs more than my house. Those are the two reasons <laughs> that people notice you when you're driving a press car. This one does not cost more than your house, but it looks totally different. So I get a lot of people, you can see them sort of doing that, like, what on earth is she driving? Because you don't see a lot of them on the road. I think it's kind of hard to get into one. And I'm in the Northeast, where we don't have as many people buying into the EV lifestyle as we do in other areas of the country because the charging network, I think, largely. Um, so I, one of my, I mean, truly, one of my favorite things about this is how this car looks. And I know I talk about design and how things look a lot, but you're not like the performance needs to be good, but you're not looking at, it's the things you look at and you experience all the time. You will sit there and you will look at this car every single second of every single day that you sit in it. You are always looking at this. You are always having to deal with the design. You're always having to deal with, and I think it looks good. I feel like you feel like you're driving a little something of the future, not something that's like dated and some old school idea. I feel like it looks like what's coming, not what was. And I really appreciate that. Um, it's nice and roomy inside. It has some great little nooks and crannies for storage. I love that underneath the dashboard, there's like this tiny little, con it's a tiny little console, like almost like if you just like, you can fit, uh, <laughs> you can fit one crumble cookie in this console because <laughs> I put one in there. So I know it's exactly as big as a crumble cookie, but that's how big it is. It's a tiny little pod, but it's a great little spot to shove extra stuff. And then there's that very open floor. And then you have more room underneath the actual center console next to you. There's like this part that's on the floor. And then there's a tiny little bin that opens on the top. That's really thin. Um, it's not very deep, but like you could toss your wallet in there, or your sunglasses or the key fob or whatever. Um, so I like how the storage is laid out inside and it's an EV. So when you hit the gas, hit the gas, hit the accelerator, what do you call it? Hit the accelerator. pedal. Accelerator. accelerator. Sounds, or accelerator go pedal. sounds 
Go pa- accelerator is like too many acceleratory. That's five syllables. We need a short word. You can say gas and it's one thing, but I can't say gas. When you hit the electric, can I say that? <laughs> when you hit the pedal, it goes, especially hit when you play play pedal. Hit the play pedal. That and works. Pl- and, and the pause pedal, which is the one on the other okay, side. Okay, I'm going to go with play pedal. When you hit the play pedal, <laughs> this really goes. And especially there's a couple of drive modes to it. When you put it in sport mode, not only do you get a nifty little red graphic on your screen so that you know that you're in sport mode, um, it you can feel the difference. It accelerates even more aggressively. Uh, and it you know, you really get that experience of that, all that torque, that instant EV torque. Um, if you like that feeling, if you like the feeling, if you've driven gas vehicles and you like that feeling of really powerful engine that has a ton of horsepower and chugs a ton of gas, but really gets you going, this does the same thing without the engine, without the gas. Uh, so it's fun to drive. And I actually had to drive it in some kind of crappy weather. There was a lot of rain um, and wind when I was driving the other day and it handles really nicely. It's, a, it's always a good test. You know, winter driving is one thing and this has all wheel drive. So you could be driving it's the winter and probably be pretty, pretty good in it. Um, but even just some really wet roads and windy weather, it doesn't have to be winter time. That all wheel drive kind of keeps you a little bit more stable, keeps you from hydroplaning, keeps you from feeling like you're, you're fighting against that sort of standing water on a road when the rain is coming down so fast that it can't roll off the road quick enough. Uh, so I, that was really nice to to drive in that and still feel very confident. I appreciated that. And it's going to get you really good fuel economy. So your MPGE is 98, 98. Like, oh, couldn't you eke out two more? Could we gotten it's that one hundred? harder. Try harder, Hyundai. Try, try harder, Hyundai. <laughs> Not try good harder. enough. Not good enough. Uh, I feel like somewhere there's an engineer that's like, oh, we're so close. Like they, they just missed it. So um, yeah, 98 MPG. So you're going to get great fuel economy and it, or like, is it still fuel economy? I don't know. Jesus energy God, efficiency. Energy efficiency. See, we need new terms. I, I the new terms. Um, so that's, that's a, you know, a great thing. You also get a pretty long range and I wrote down the range. So with this one, with the all wheel drive, it's 265 miles. So you're, you're never, you know, I have, I think I've charged this. I plugged it in last night only because the parking that was in this garage was limited and I would have had to park way far away, but there was EV parking right there by the entrance. If I would just plug in my car and charge it. So I did that. Otherwise I wouldn't have needed to charge it yet. Uh, Cause 265 miles is a good amount of range for just driving around town. You don't need to charge it all the time. Uh, so I appreciated that. And it has, if you're going with the rear wheel drive, it goes up over 300, 303 miles. I mean, that takes a little time to drive that much unless you have some significant driving planned in your day. And it also charges relatively quickly. It can do that um, 350 kilowatt charging. And I think it's like 18 minutes if you can find a charger that will do that for you, um, that says it will do it and then actually does it, which is my beef with are, all are of you, this. Are you, are you implying that there are some chargers that do not deliver what they promise? I, I might perhaps maybe kind of sort of be implying exactly that. Yes. But there's no particular brands that would fit into that category, right? No. i sure it's all brands, to be honest. No, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Some have burned me more than others. But <laughs> although, you know, we had a really weird experience. I should mention this. So the, the charger that we used in this parking garage was a juice box charger. And it had, you had to... You had to download an app. I've never used that one before. So my husband downloads the whole app. He's like, and I literally feel like it took us like a solid 10 minutes to get this set up to use this charger. It asked for so many pieces of information. And as I'm standing there in this parking garage, 
and it was cold. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm almost ready to say, forget it. I'll just drive back up to the 10th floor or whatever and park up there and take, because it just took so long. I mean, now it's set up, but man, the process should be quicker. You shouldn't have also, just stand there for 10 minutes, plugging in information to, and, it, and then it was very weird. This particular one, their app is terrible at communicating information. So it looks like it's charged. The little voice of God that comes out of your Ionic five that says vehicle charging, it like worked. Okay. So I know that it's charging, but it's still, as of this morning, has not given us a single bit of information about how much it cost, how long it charged, anything. The app is like, you have no charging. I'm like, pretty sure I do because it's actually showing on my credit card, but the app is not giving any of that information. And that's the whole thing is that there shouldn't have to be an app. There should be a a, a, a credit card reader. Yep. It wouldn't, there, there was the charging a, thing. There was like, you know, so that you could, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't work. So it wouldn't I work. Yeah. So most I'm of them like, don't work. That's the I'm other like, thing. Yeah, the ones so that I'm have like, it, they're like, oh, it doesn't right? work. And they're just like, they're not inclined to, 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 fix, to, it. to fix it because now they're going to have all your data. Exactly. So we, you know, so first we tried, you know, scanning with the phone didn't work. I'm like, let me just try my actual credit card. Like maybe it's being finicky. Nope. Actual credit card won't scan either. So we go to, with the whole app and my husband was irritated enough this morning like, I'm deleting this. I'm not using this. I'm, del- I'm like, but what if you need it again? He's like, I, they're not giving me information. They're not giving me how much I paid. They're not telling me exactly how long it charged. It looks like it's still processing, but there's nothing processing. He deleted it. He got that cranky. He got cranky. He was a little bit cranky pants about it. And I can't blame him. But I th- that's just another, like, even though it technically worked and it charged my vehicle, on the back end of it, you're left as a consumer going, what? What did it, what did you do? How long did I charge? What did I pay? You have no idea. I only know because I can see the credit card charge on my credit card. It shouldn't be that way. The app should tell me something. Yeah, no, it's no. That was my rant against yeah. the juice box. So now they've there. So uh, now they're on my. Um, I was going to say something else. They're on my list. list. Of, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Your your shift list. Yes, hey, that. there we go. That yes. Hey, <laughs> thank you. Here so, all week. Yeah. So that was a, yeah, so that's, so I've enjoyed driving this. I like it. And again, I, I'm pro EV. I am anti-current EV charging network still. <laughs> pro EV. Anti-charging pro just network. charging at home because you're like, oh, forget yeah. it. I can, I pro can EV, control this. pro charge at home, anti everybody who can't get their chargers to work in a way that is not seamless. I felt like I could have gassed up a car four times in the time it took me oh, to stand there. Just, get to, put, just to get the app. And then just sometimes there's some... Sometimes right? you're like, oh, there's no, there's no, there's no network here. Right. Now it what? was, it was just yeah. another, it was another fail. I know it, it, and I harp on it because this is everyday um, experience for regular people. You know, this is, this is what you live with. If you're in an area where there aren't chargers all over the place and there aren't really here, I was surprised to see one in a parking garage, honestly. Well, you know, if you had been driving the car that I had, that I'll get to in a minute, uh, mm-hmm. you probably would have had to put gas in it four times in that, in that amount of time, but we'll come to that in a minute. <laughs> Just saw what you're driving. Oh. Yes, <laughs> I would have. Oh. Did Did you say what what the price was on the Ionic Five that oh, you the had? The price on the Ionic Five was all in. It was fifty five thousand nine hundred and twenty dollars. What so do you think? Fancy that, one. Yeah, it was the. <clears throat> it was not too long. Twenty twenty two Ionic Five Limited All Wheel Drive. So it was a fancy one. Um, what do you think? It's the, as fancy as it gets. Anyway, fancy as it gets. Yeah, yeah. What do you think the uh, destination was? The handling? Uh, Twelve ninety five, just because that's what the Kia was. <laughs> I'm gonna go with one dollar. 
You win because it was twelve twenty-five. Oh, <laughs> Price is Right rules win again. It was twenty-five dollars. It was seventy-five dollars less. Seventy-five than the gas less. vehicle. I know, isn't that weird? So there yeah, you there you go. <laughs> All right, Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt. A classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters, because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Did you know you can support Wheelbearings directly? Head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia and you can become a patron today. Your contributions will help fund the platforms and tools we use to bring the podcast to you. And exclusives and improvements are already on the way thanks to your generosity. So if you want to be part of an automotive podcast like no other, head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia. Well, the car that I had, uh, the only plugs on it were the USB ports, USB-C ports on the inside of the car. Uh, no plugs on the outside. Um, it it was uh, painted in electric blue, which I thought was a lovely mm. color. It was a beautiful shade of blue. Um, but that's about as electric as this thing gets. It was the um, 2023 Cadillac CT5V Blackwing with the six-speed manual transmission. Oh, my gosh. A manual. Yes. Yay. Manual with the three pedals and clutch and, and a pause pedal and a, and a go pedal. Um, and, um, and a shifter that you actually have to move if you want to go anywhere. Uh, so it was lovely. It was, <laughs> this was a wonderful car to drive. I, I, how, how I, was the clutch? Where was the, where, where did it grab? Did it grab pretty high? Uh, no, it was, uh, probably about a third of the way down. All right. See, I think the, the, the clutches that go out with these things, cause the one I had that was the grab was super high. And yeah. so, like the first time, I'm like on a hill. I live on a like a very slight hill. And so, when I left the clutch, I was like, uh, I'm like, I was trying to like, well, I'm like, we don't stall this on a hill first time I drive it. <laughs> it was pretty high. So I, I think it's it. Yeah, I think they just there's, there's probably some adjustment in there. 
Yeah, journalist. Don't know how to drive. Stupid journalist. Yeah. What do we know? Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I I have been a fan of this car and its predecessors going back to 2008 when they when Cadillac launched the second generation version of what was then called the CTSV. So the first the first CTSV on the the first generation CTS that was just a naturally aspirated small block V8. I think it was around 450 horsepower or something like that. No. For the for the second generation, <laughs> you know, they developed um, two, uh, two supercharged V8s, uh, the LSA and the LS9. The LS9 was the version that went into the Corvette, the C6 Corvette ZR1. The LSA was a just ever so slightly lower power version of that that was used for the CTSV. And I got to, I got to go on the the launch drive program for that uh, in New York. Uh, in upstate New York, we drove from uh, from New York City to um, um, what's the name of that place now? Uh, Canada? No, no, no. <laughs> uh, Canada. The, the we need track. a hint. No, the the, uh, the it was you know like a country club racetrack um, near near New York. Monticello. Oh, Monticello, yes, Monticello. Ding, ding, ding. There we go. Took me a second. I got and, it. And uh, it, you know, and that was when it when it was just opening. So like, they didn't have most of the facilities done. The track was done. They had the garage, and you know, but they didn't have all the stuff that they have there now. So it was brand new at the time, and this was the first drive program that had been done there. And we got to spend half a day driving the CTSV, the CTSVs on that track. It was fantastic. I always loved that car, and. I, I like this one just as much. Um, you know, it's it's a nice, reasonable size. You know, it's not not too big. Uh, you know, the C I like the CT four V Blackwing as well. Um, you know, it's it's a little smaller. Um, but the the supercharged six point two liter V eight that's in this thing is just fantastic. Six hundred and sixty eight horsepower, um, six hundred and fifty nine foot pounds of torque, makes a fantastic noise uh, when you <laughs> when you step on it. Um, and you know, as, as we've said before, you know, that's, the, that's the thing I'll miss the most about, you know, going electric, you know, I mean, the electric vehicles have, you know, all that low end torque that's even better than this one is capable of. Um, but there's just, you know, that visceral feel of that slight little bit of V8 rumble, the vibration and the sound and everything. And I, I also like the, um, the, the interactive part of shifting. You know, matching the clutch and the and the shifter and everything. Um, you know, this one does offer uh, rev matching, automatic rev matching system. Uh, which you know, if you're not quite as comfortable with driving a manual, you know, you can press that button and it'll you know it'll automatically blip the throttle for you and and all that stuff when you're shifting. Uh, but I like you know the the challenge of you know trying to get it perfect every time. Yeah, you know, and did uh, you get it perfect every time, Sam? Not a hundred percent, but pretty close. Pretty close, like ninety nine point yeah. eight, maybe. Yeah, yeah probably. You know, ninety nine percent. Yeah. Okay, that's um, an acceptable percentage. You can continue yeah. to be an automotive journalist. Jack. Yeah, and and I never stalled it for for what it's worth. You know, even on a hill. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, there there were some shifts that were you know just a you, know, you get, get that little bit of jerk there. You know, didn't quite get the revs just right, but close enough. Um, so <laughs> I had a very fun time with this car. Um, the one I had was equipped with the uh, the optional carbon ceramic brakes, mm -hmm. um, which are a nine thousand dollar option. Um, and 
you know, unless you're planning to take your black wing to a track, you probably don't need them. Um, but do you think that do we know do many people spring for that? Do you think? I guess if you're getting the black wing, maybe uh, you are probably just kind of crazy excited, even if you never yeah drive that I way. I think a lot of life. people think they will, and then like five percent do. Yeah. So if they sell a hundred black wings, five people will take it to track once. And how many people do you think pay for the ceramic brakes? Probably a lot more than that. Probably, <laughs> yeah. You're spending this kind of money on a performance car. Yeah, throw in those those those, those carbon that's, ceramic brakes. Yeah, I'll take that's, it. That's squeak when you drive. Yeah. Like, why not? Sure. <laughs> at least put it in there. At least you never have to worry about them fading on you. You know. So that's true. Um, they do squeak though. They they do so squeak. You know, yeah. Carbon ceramic brake always they squeak. Just just but they, know that. But they feel, but they feel great. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, there's that, um, the, uh, the jet black interior with black accents was, <laughs> and leather seats, $2,900, $2,890. Uh, it did have the, uh, performance data and video recorder, uh, built in, which uses the, the forward facing camera for the ADAS. You can turn that on, you know, if you are at the track or somewhere else and you just want to record, uh, data that's 1600 bucks. Um, See, there's a few other a few other options. Um, yeah, this one, you know, because it had the manual transmission, didn't have super cruise or lane keeping assist or things like that. Um, it it did have uh, just standard cruise control, uh, no adaptive cruise control on this one, um, which again was fine. Ten uh, inch uh, infotainment screen. You know, when you buy a car like this, you're not buying it because you want something that's particularly fuel efficient. Um, <laughs> you don't think? <laughs> the, uh, the manual transmission Blackwing is rated at 13 city, 21 highway, 15 miles per gallon combined. Mm-hmm. I actually did manage, because I did a fair bit of highway driving, um, going mm-hmm. to uh, Auburn Hills and back and, and a couple other places. And so I actually did manage to get about 17 miles per gallon, which surprised me. Uh, it was better than I was better than I was anticipating. Um yeah, if you've if you've looked at uh, at a window sticker in recent years, you know one of the things they have on there is uh, in the EPA fuel economy and environment section. They have the fuel economy and greenhouse gas rating. Um, oh gosh, is it bad? It's, for it's this? a one to ten scale. Um, the uh, negative five. No, it's it's a two. Uh, it's a two. <laughs> My Ionic Five was a ten. Yes, I know. Yeah, because yeah. there's no greenhouse gases from exactly. it. Exactly. So together we were like right smack in the middle. You just need exactly. one of your car, one of my car, and your nice happy medium. Yeah, and you got yeah. and you got a you got a Jetta. <laughs> <laughs> so all in, um, the um, this one came to one thousand or one hundred and seven thousand, one thousand one hundred and seven thousand eight hundred and thirty dollars. Um, any guesses on the destination charge? Um, Fourteen ninety-five. I don't know. I don't know. Eighteen hundred. Ooh, you both lose. Thirteen hundred and ninety-five dollars. I was closer though. I yeah, almost were got it. I was a lot closer yeah, than Robbie. We don't, yeah. We're not I'm, going to the showcase showdown though. I'm <laughs> calling it a win for me. You didn't beat me. <laughs> um, I I really enjoyed driving this car. The seats in it are fantastic. The uh, the 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 shift feel is really good. Uh, I had no issues with the clutch. Um, you know the the torque of this thing is just oh, it's intoxicating you know it's and it's it sounds so good um so you know if you're looking for a high performance mid-size sedan um you know that can be a daily driver you know it's it, despite its you know crazy performance it 
you know, it is absolutely a car that you can live with on a daily basis, you know, mm-hmm. assuming you can afford the gas. Um, but it's it's absolutely something that is very livable. Uh, you know, there's a reasonable size back seat, uh, good trunk space. Um, you know, so it's it's a it's a good place to spend time. Yeah. So nice. I, I can I can recommend it if you're in the market for this type of vehicle. It's a good car. It is. All right. Um, we uh, we drove some other stuff, uh, some you know, not regular review cars, but uh, some some stuff that uh, is first drive opportunities. Um, shall we start with? Let's see. What's the what's the embargo time for the uh, for the Hyundai? Is that Tuesday? Oh God, I gotta look. Hold on a second. Uh, Talk about something that's not embargoed, and I'll Google. Okay. Well, um, let's start with the uh, the 2024 Mazda CX-90, mm-hmm. um, which is Mazda's new three-row utility. It's a replacement for the CX-9. They added an extra zero on the end, um, changed a couple of other things. Um, Nicole, you and I both drove this thing uh, this yes, past week. We did. Uh, what, what did you think of the CX-90? Um, I liked it. I I thought it was good. Um, The day we drove it was pretty sketchy because they had surprise torrential rains that were flooding the roads and doing flash floods in San Francisco. Um, So we got to drive it in like, again, literally bad conditions. Um, But I liked driving it. I thought it was, I liked both the hybrid and the gas. I, I, I like the hybrid engine better, I think. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I I I felt. What did you think? I, I I agree. You know, I mean, it it definitely reaffirmed my opinion that um, for piston in, in or for piston internal combustion engines, the inline six is the ideal form factor. Um, it's smooth. It's powerful. Um, you know, it's it's a wonderful engine. Mm-hmm. But if I was if I was spending money and buying one of these things, I would probably go for the plug-in hybrid. So. You know, to refresh everybody's memory from when we first talked about this thing in January, late January, I think, uh, early February, um, the the CX ninety they've they've gone from a transverse four cylinder you know sort of front wheel drive architecture on the CX nine to um, a longitudinal mounted design you know that's kind of rear wheel drive biased, um, and. It, they have a new 3.3 liter inline turbocharged six. Uh, and they also have uh, a plug-in hybrid, which uses their, their 2.5 liter naturally aspirated engine that they've had. that's in most Mazdas these days, mm-hmm. um, along with a hundred kilowatt electric motor uh, between the engine and the transmission. Um, and that one gives, uh, I think it's 26 miles of all electric range on a full charge. Um, they actually have pretty similar power levels. The, uh, um, the, there's two versions of the, um, of the six, um, one is tuned to run on regular fuel. The other one's tuned to run on premium gas. Uh, and that one does like 363 horsepower, I think, um, I'll have to double check that. Uh, and then the other one, the, the other one is uh, closer. To, I think it's about 280, 290 horsepower um, for for the uh, the base engine, and and then the the hybrid falls in between there um, and 
with the the engine and the electric motor, it gives you about uh, 359 horsepower, I think, combined. I think that, I mean, but it was, it was sort of like, they're both very responsive and I like driving them both. I just felt like the, the hybrid just gives you a little bit more oomph. I don't know. I just, and I wonder too, for me, if it's the, the weight of the battery, I know it's not like it's driving, not driving a full EV where you have this gigantic battery, but still it adds. It's, a, it's about 200 pounds heavier. Right. It adds a little bit of weight and it just feels, I don't know, sturdier, I don't know, like more planted to me for that little bit of extra weight. I like how it maybe changes the dynamics of how the car feels. I felt a difference between the two. Yeah, no. And, you know, that that instant electric torque off the line, um, you know, you can feel that slight mm-hmm. bit of extra responsiveness right off the line. You know, even the best internal combustion engines, you know, as, as much torque as they might have, there's always right. that slight little bit of delay there before it really kicks in. Um, so with the... Um, you know, with the, with the hybrid, you get, you know, the electric motor, you know, and it's, it's 134 horsepower motor. So it's a pretty powerful motor, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, instant torque right from zero RPM. So you feel that responsiveness right off the line with it. And and whenever you're accelerating, there's no, no lag at all with that yeah. one. Yeah. Um, I really liked it. And I also, I, I, I've always thought that Mazda interiors, I think the interiors, did you check out the one that they had as the static display sam that sort of had that like book binding kind of trim on the dashboard did you see that the the hanging stitch yeah design yeah we saw that one uh i don't know if you went to the reveal event in january i did not i skipped on that i did not go to the reveal they they highlighted that there they talked a lot about that there and it's it's really pretty looking it's really impressive and i like was like i always think about how pretty it is and like how durable is this so i was actually looking to see like is this something you know how you get the weirdest things caught on things getting in and out Mm -hmm. of a car i'm like could you catch that because it's actually like think of a really thick piece of stitching or thread it's like you can feel it with your finger i'm like could you catch that but it's like it's really securely in there i feel like it's gonna hold up to the wear and tear that you get of getting in and out of your car and grabbing a bag or grabbing your like you know as you catch things or whatever um but it makes it look really very upscale that and the the sort of alcantara finish that was all over the one the um hybrid that i drove back that's actually not alcantara it's it's not it's 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 suede yeah it's it's actual suede it's suede. Um, so it's stunning. Oh my God, it's yeah. gorgeous. Did you have that, the, the caramel colored interior? Yes. Yeah. The caramel, that's what I oh had my god. On the Turbo S. It was yeah. beautiful. And I like I was like, I just want the whole car. All of it. And, the steering but you wheel, definitely the don't seat. want little kids in there. No, but I want my whole car covered in it. I just or I want like put your kids in there and be like just forget what the back seat's gonna look like with that stuff. Don't look yeah. back there. Don't ever let them in the front seat. Don't let them up front where they can touch your jas- dashboard with sticky fingers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, although I'd like to think because they're using this in an application where it's in a car, it's not you know just something I don't know you know like clothing or something that it would be whatever particular fabrication of the suede and treatments they do, that it would be a little bit more robust because you're going to open the doors and rain's going to get on it and snow is going to get on it. You know, just opening the window to, you know, grab a drink at the drive-thru. If it's raining, it's there's water everywhere. So it has to be a little bit more robust than the average suede. Otherwise that door, like that door sill there or the like where your arm would go, it's going to look like a disaster. And I can't imagine they'd set us up for failure like that. I would hope not. Uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see when we get mm-hmm. one for for a week long review. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just pulled up the the numbers. So the base turbo 
280 horsepower, 332 pounds-feet of torque. The Turbo S is 340 horsepower and 369 pounds-feet of torque. And then the plug-in hybrid uh, is 329 horsepower and 363. So about the same torque as the Turbo S, slightly less power. Um, but it, it does feel a little more responsive most of it the does. time. It does. It really does. I had more fun driving the hybrid if I was picking between the two. Hybrid. Hybrid 100% is where I would go. Yeah. And, you know, on that, that leg of the drive with the hybrid, uh, I drove it in the afternoon part of the drive coming back from the lunch stop back to San Francisco. Um, and, um, you know, they had us go uh, like through an area of rural um, Sonoma County might've been mm-hmm. into Marin at that point, um, uh, you know, where we got to try it out on some curvy back roads and have some fun with it there. Then a little, you know, stretch of highway. And one of the things they have on there, they've got modes, you know, you've got your, your normal sport, uh, an EV mode. And then there's also a button next to, next to that for charge. Mm-hmm. So if you know, you're going to want to have your battery fully charged, you know, like if you're coming back into the city, for example, and you want to drive electrically in the city, you can hit the charge button. And they have the same thing on the Jeep 4xe's, um, where as you're driving, it'll run the engine slightly harder, use the motor as a generator to top off your battery while you're driving. Mm-hmm. And then when we hit the um, the San Rafael Richmond Bridge, you know, they suggested we switch to EV mode at that point. And so, you know, drove the next 24 miles um, back, you know, across the Bay Bridge, around and back across the Bay Bridge into San Francisco on electricity alone. And I still had 14% charge left when I got to the pier uh, where we were taking some photos of it. Uh, so, you know, you can, you know, 25 to 27, 28 miles um, of electric range, you know, is pretty reasonable. Yeah. I, we, our drive route was a little bit different than yours because of the flooding. So I, I would have had the same route, but the people who came up that second leg, they, there was water that was well over a foot, maybe two feet deep that people drove through. Um, my PSA turn around, don't drown, be careful driving through (laughs) floodwaters like that folks. Um, but, uh, so we had, we still had some of the twisties, but they couldn't quite give us your drive route because they're like, we don't want you to drown. (laughs) So we have modified. (laughs) So we still had some back roads, but I think you got a little bit more cool back road twisties than we did. Um, but it was still quite fun and it still handled beautifully. And I was, I, I would have been happy to drive it further. Like some cars I'm ready to get out of at the end of a drive day. That one, I think, no, I could drive this a little bit more. Yeah. You know, it felt very, you know, comfortable and relaxed after, you know, what, two and a half, uh, what, five hours of driving. Yeah. It was a lot um, of driving you know, all, all together that day. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, it's a very pleasant car, um, uh, very pleasant vehicle. Um, pricing, um, ranges from, uh, let me find it again here. Um, it starts at, uh, about $41,000, including delivery, uh, for the 3.3 turbo select, which is the, the base model. Um, ranges up to uh, about 61000 for the Turbo S Premium Plus, uh, which is, I think, what we were driving. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the uh, the plug-in hybrid ranges between 40, 48000 um, and and $58,000, um, which, you know, when you look at, you know, the way Mazda has tried to move kind of up market, get a little more premium over the last decade, you know, you could compare these to you know to mainstream competitors like the Telluride and the uh, the Palisade and the prices are 
you know, perhaps just slightly higher than those, you know, by, yep. you know, one to $2,000, you know, for comparable trims. Um, but when you, when you look at the, you know, the style and the interior uh, and everything, and, uh, you know, these, this vehicle could really compete, legitimately compete against the likes of, you know, an Audi Q7 or a Volvo um, XC90. And those vehicles, both of those start at $60,000 and go up yeah. from there. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a pretty good value when you're looking, when you're comparing it against the premium segment. I've, I really do think that they, and they're sort of like, we're not really a luxury car, but we're pushing into that territory that Mazda is doing a fantastic job, both in terms of what the vehicles look like, how they drive all of those sort of characteristics you think of love, like luxury things, they do it, but then their pricing, yeah, it comes up a little, but it doesn't go all the way up. Like, okay, we're not a luxury brand. We're not going to put our pricing there. We're also not, you know, a bottom of the basement brand. So our pricing's not there. It, it feels it doesn't feel like they're overpriced. People look at it like, oh, that's that's more. I'm like, mm, only a skosh, only for some of the trims. And when you look at the interior that you're getting, suddenly you're like, well, that's not unreasonable at all. That's actually a fantastic deal for how good it looks. Yeah. Um, and um, the one of the uh, things, you know, when they launched, when they revealed the, the CX-90 in January, you know, they, the, the uh, hero color that they were using was this new shade of red, this darker red that they call artisan red. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it looks really good. You know, it looks, looks very sophisticated um, for, you know, a premium product. Yes. But thankfully you can actually get the CX-90 in soul crystal red. Yes, you can. I asked them like, this is really pretty guys, but what about the other one? They're like, oh no, 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 you can get the other one. I was yeah. like, yes. <laughs> so it's an extra 595 bucks, but. It's worth it. Yes. Oh my God, that red is so pretty. I have people tell me, oh no, all reds are the same. They're not. No. This red is this. See, no, no, no. We all say no. The this red is so good. Yeah, the, the artisan red is more like a burgundy color. It's sort of like your mild mannered, like responsible adult red. And mm-hmm. then the soul red is like the wee haw, like have fun with it, red. <laughs> that, that's the true Mazda red. Right. That's the true Mazda red. The other one's like, we have to have this for those of you who are trying to be mild mannered and do your adulting thing. No, don't do it. Don't be mild mannered. Don't do the adulting. Get the soul crystal metallic red instead. It's so good. All right. <laughs> um, so did you figure out the... Um... Embargo yes. date for the, the embargo on Hyundai. We're fine. It's actually um, Monday, April 3rd at 1201 AM. Oh, perfect. Then let's talk so about good. that next. Yes. You two both drove that, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I think Robbie should go. It should be Robbie's turn. I've been blah, 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 blah about the Mazda. Robbie go. So Hyundai made an EV and it's very <laughs> nice. <laughs> I mean, There's a shock. <laughs> that's a shock. No, it's, it's just, I think. Next the, thing you'll be telling us it's a good value. It is a good value. It's 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 impressive because you're like, okay, they drove, they made the Ionic Five. This is a really nice car. You drive it around, you're like, oh, they just put a different body on top of that, and it'll be fine. No, they just, they it's just so like the the acceleration curve is so smooth, just ridiculous. Like there's there's just like it's like silk. It's everything about this. Like the the steering is really nice. Like everything about it is, is really really impressive for a car that starts at forty one thousand six hundred dollars. It's, it's it's just not pricey. It's bonkers for an Eve. It's because you get in it, you drive it around, you're like, 
well, they didn't even have to do this. <laughs> they could have just <laughs> – they didn't even have to, like, make it better as a drive, uh, um, a smoother driving vehicle than the Ionic 5. And they did. they did. They did. They did. Which makes you like, well, what's next? What are they going to do next? And um, they have to keep upping the game. Like, okay. They have to keep – yeah, they're just – they're like, oh, no. And now what do we do? Um, so, so, yeah, having said that, there is an issue. <laughs> what's your and issue? What the issue is, like? is that the headroom issue. There, and oh. this is the same issue that 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 Mercedes had because if you look at this vehicle, it's the same sort of like, you know, that little like you know speed bump, essentially mm-hmm. just a speed bump on the speed road bump. for for <laughs> uh, you know for drag coefficients. Um, but it, it, you 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 know in the back of the uh, EQS, which you know you should have lots of head and leg room because it's an S class. There's you know you, you're gonna if you're taller than me, if you're taller than six three, you don't have issues with with headroom. Same thing with this vehicle, except it's also in the front seat. In the front seat, my my head was very close really? to the to the to the, uh, to the roof. So it does have a very sloping. Yeah, release. it re- like if you look at it in profile, you can really see it. I actually did have someone. Uh, say to me, they were looking at pictures, not even photos that I took. And she said, is this really as sloped as it looked like? It almost looks, did somebody use like a fancy lens taking that picture? And I looked at it, I'm like, no, nope. that's just, just how that's, it is. No, nope. but I think it's that's, just, I'm like, yeah, that pretty much looks like how it is. <laughs> yeah. So, so you, you, you know, if you're sitting in the back seat at the back seats, if the seats were just reclined, just another few degrees, it probably, it would be less of an issue. But if you are tall, if you're a basketball player, which means you're taller than me, um, this might not be the car for you. If you have a tall torso, I have friends who are not as tall as me, but they have tall torsos. They have long torsos. This that's, might not that's be the me. vehicle. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, you know, if you have long, if you have, you know, not as long legs, I'm just legs and arms. I'm just, I'm like a. <laughs> you're uh, like those yeah. little, those guys outside the, the little floppy Yeah. Guys just like flopping arms. my arms about. <laughs> like, like, yeah. So. Let me pull my my sleeves back up after moving my arms. Um, no, it's 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 a but but outside of that, you know, there's I, I like the the trunk, the way the trunk opens because it doesn't open like a regular trunk. It opens even wider, even though it's just a regular trunk. It's not it's not a hatchback. It mm-hmm. opens wide enough so it's easier to get things into the back. Um, we threw some stuff back there. It was fine, no issues. Um, yeah, it's yeah, I, I, outside the well. If you're a tall person, you're gonna have some issues. Um, no, I, 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 you, God damn it, Hyundai. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's really, you're well, just that's like, why they still, that's why they also make the Ionic five. Yeah. And the yeah. Ionic seven. Ionic five. You're going to have plenty of headroom and legroom. Like, yeah. like, you know, that, that, that car is, is, you know, but for, if you're, if you're a basketball player, get the Ionic five. If you're a regular person who doesn't care about if, who would rather get, you know, get more range, and um, have a sedan versus a weird, uh, a very tall um, hatchback. You 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 know you, you get the Ionic Six. Um, I like that they uh, they have uh, put. It feels like more buttons in it as they move uh, <laughs> from the Ionic Five, which means buttons. Um, you know, actual yay buttons. buttons. Yay buttons. Yay buttons. We're all about the buttons and the yes. We're all about the buttons. Um, they did move. It's it's like a it's like a Stellantis vehicle. They did move the. Um, the winch, the window um, controls to the center console, so it's like you're driving a Fiat. Um, and they did that because they're like, oh, we have this really nice design, which it is. This looks like a yeah. really cool design along the side. Um, it looks really cool inside. Um, it messed me up. The, the window thing did mess me up. Like somebody was walking over, and I'm like, what? How we? Uh, oh wait, center. Like, like center, hold on. Yeah. I'll roll so the, the window down once I find the button. <laughs> and as someone who had a Fiat for like 
three years. Um, I don't think you, I think you sort of get used to it. <laughs> sort of get used to it. I don't get you in my husband's Jeep. I still go to reach for the door yeah. and it's like the Wrangler, the most like, duh, it's not there. And every single time I go for the door every and then have to come back. Single time. <laughs> it has the two spoilers well, you... on the back. Like it's a nine 11. So you're like, Ooh, <laughs> it's got, okay, a... it, it kind of reminded me of, um, the, uh, the old, um, some of the Fords from the eighties, like the, uh, the Mercure XR4 and the Mustang SVO oh, yeah, with, the, with, the, yeah. with the twin spoilers. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, it does. It is that. It, it, that's a, it's funner to say 911, but yeah, it's totally America. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it, it has a look. Um, I don't know if, if it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be as universal. Well, I don't know if universally praised. I don't think it's going to be accepted as much as the Ionic five. Why? Um, I, I, just curious. I, that sounded like a very aggressive why. Why, Robbie? Why? <laughs> I I don't know. I just think it feels. I think it looks nicer than than what um, Mercedes has done with the EQ lineup with okay. the sedans. I think it looks nicer than that. Um, I do think it's a little. I don't know. Maybe people will like it. I I I, I feel like it's just not going to be as as well as accepted as the what we've seen with the Ionic Five, just because the Ionic Five is so sort of I out there. I think slopey, it really has to do that with that slopiness. Roof. Yeah, mm-hmm. that I think roof the is going to turn some people off. Yeah, yeah, I think that's going to turn some people off. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you get inside and you drive, you're like, oh man, this is it's it's like how the kids say butter. I don't know what the kids say. What do kids enjoy? Mayonnaise do now? They I don't say know. Butter? I don't. No, it's an aioli. They don't eat mayonnaise anymore. Aioli. Aioli. That's aioli, man. <laughs> aioli. Uh, what's interesting is you're getting a ton of different like <laughs> trim levels. So you have you have a, a two battery sizes. Which is nice. So you you know you can decide how much of a battery do you need. Just, there's the uh, the 53 uh, kilowatt hour and then the 77.4 kilowatt hour, and you get either rear wheel drive or all wheel drive. So the whole thing, you know, it's you get all these different, I you know, where you want to spend your money. Um, the lowest, uh, uh, the least amount of range you're going to get is from that 55 with the rear wheel drive. Um, and that's 240 miles. So that's the boo. You're not going to go that far, but then you can go all the way up to 361 miles. If you get the, uh, the larger battery with rear wheel drive, and that's 300, <laughs> 361 miles. Where are you going? <laughs> but you can yeah. go there and, um, the, the, the price difference between those two. So if, you the, ju- if you just want to, you know, only have to charge once a week. Yeah. 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 So, so, so the you're too lazy to is- plug it in every night. Yeah, so the, the price difference between those two, between the standard range rear wheel drive and the uh, long range uh, rear wheel drive, is four thousand dollars. So forty one thousand six hundred dollars for the standard range is two hundred forty miles, and forty five thousand five hundred dollars for the three hundred and sixty one miles. So you get one hundred twenty one more miles for four thousand bucks. I'll take that. Yeah. 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 And, you know, and then, you know, but but within all that, there's all these different ranges and, and you know, how much power you get. And um, so if you're if you're the kind of person who's like, you know what, I don't really drive that often um, or I don't drive that far very often. You know, I might as well just save the money or, you know, I can get the all wheel drive with the with the standard. Let me get, well, let me get the. Yeah. So it's 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 a uh, yeah. Anything for whatever you want. Hyundai's <laughs> an offer it up in the Ionic six. <laughs> I like the Onyx 6. I thought it was good for the same reasons that Robbie said. And I did notice that 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 I think the toughest thing is going to be that rear design. I think some people are going to find it too too small. 
And I, I don't even think, but I don't even think, Robbie, you need to be super tall. Like, I think you could be more average heightish and still run into that little bit of it. Even if your head's not actually hitting the top and the back, that sense of like, I don't I have any room here. You know, where you it's, almost it's like, it's weird because duck. I didn't feel cramped. And then I put yeah. my hand above my head. I'm like, oh, see? <laughs> yeah, see, that's, and I can see people doing that, like, oh, this is this a little bit more snug. But I mean, aside from that, if you're sitting in front, it's super comfortable. I found the seats comfortable. I found everything about it. I love the interior. I talked about all the things I liked on the Ionic 5. The Ionic 6 does many of the same things, but does it more. You know, they've changed the styling. It's a little more slick. It's, they've updated it. it, handles everything. It's just literally like an iteration forward from the five and having gone, like I've driven the five before, went into the six, we just did that. And then to have the five again this week, I'm like, oh yeah, they really did a good job with the six. Like they yeah. really, good. it's striking. Like the five is great, but now that I've driven the six, I'm like, oh my gosh, they really made that better. You know, I talked about the with with the Kia, but on the Hyundai's driver assistance system has always been like, eh, it works. Um, this is the the new version. It is in this vehicle. It's so much better. It's just so much smoother. It it's it's better at lane keep assist. It's just it, they just they they threw everything at this car. Yeah, they really did, and I think they needed to because because the five was so well received. You like okay, you can't just do another five and put a six on the end of it. You've got yeah. to make it better, which is hard when you, it's not like there was this huge time frame between the release of these two vehicles, you know, they're relatively close together. So I, I am a fan, but I've, well, always it's, you know, it's, it's interesting, you know, that they have made them look so fundamentally different. You know, they, they're not sticking with just one sort of common, I mean, aside from the pixels, you know, you got the pixels, mm -hmm. but aside from that, there's really not much else about the five and the six. That they have says, four wheels and a steering wheel. That's the only yeah, that, they, that these are part of the same family. Right. Yeah. You know, um, and I, I think that's that's an interesting, you know, it's an interesting approach on Hyundai's part. Because, you know, they could have basically taken, you know, the, the the basic design themes of the Ionic 5 and slap a trunk on the back of it, um, you know, and say, okay, we're good. That's a sedan, you know. And <laughs> Boom, they didn't. There you go. You know, they, they, they did. They went in a completely different direction with the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's they they the the Hyundai uh, engineers should be commended for for what they've done with this vehicle. Good it's, job. Except for All the right. Headroom. Except for the what the headroom. headroom. When, and the when headroom. when's the uh, Ionic Six going to be available? Uh, so everything but the standard range rear wheel drive version will be available this spring. That version, this that's the cheapest one. The that one right. will be available in the summer. Okay. Excellent. All right, um, let's stick with uh, with electric, uh, but go off in a little bit different direction. Um, GM uh, made an announcement uh, the other day. Uh, I got a message from somebody at uh, at GM on Thursday, I think, or Wednesday, and said, "Hey, you know, we've got some news coming on Friday. You know, would you like to talk to, you know, the head of our our, our chief digital officer uh, in advance and and get the story." I said, sure. And so we talked and <clears throat> put up the story on Friday. Um, and uh, it got a little, got some negative feedback. Um, so GM has made. <laughs> <laughs> you should be a politician. It got some negative, negative feedback. feedback. <laughs> so GM has decided, well, first going back, you know, for the last couple of years, when GM has launched new models, they've uh, included a new generation infotainment system that is based off Android Automotive. So Android is running the whole thing. It's got 
Um, Google Automotive Services in there. So you got Google Maps, Google Assistant, the Play Store. So you can download apps directly on, on the, the system. You don't have to plug in your phone. Um, and um, so GM's decided that starting with the Blazer this summer, the Blazer EV this summer, and following with the Equinox and the Sierra and the Celestic and every, all the other EVs coming, um, they have decided to no longer support smartphone projection on their EVs. Um, so both Android Auto, which interestingly enough still works on top of Android Automotive, um, and uh, Apple CarPlay will no longer be supported. You'll have to use the, the built-in system. Um, the rationale for this is that they're trying to create a better, more consistent user experience for customers, uh, for especially for EV customers. So, you know, when when you've got stuff running off the phone and being projected onto the screen, uh, you know, you have no real control over any integration with the apps that are running on there, you know, from the from the automaker's perspective. You know, if you're running it on the vehicle, you know, in, in the vehicle system, you can do things like, for example, in Google Maps, you know, they're going to have, you know, they're going to integrate their smart routing algorithms. Um, you know, be, they can integrate a lot of real-time vehicle sensor data with the apps that are running on the vehicle and and do better routing, you know, help you to find, um, you know, charging stations, find, you know, be able to find charging stations that, you know, are known to actually be functioning, um, that are available. <laughs> Um, things like that, uh, you know, to help pay for them, you know, I mean, today, you know, doing that, you've got to use, you know, a bunch of different apps, you know, to figure out, okay, where's their charge point, uh, charger, where's electrify America, where's blink you know, and, and whatever else. And there's apps like a better route planner, you know, and it's all kind of clunky and disconnected. And what they're trying to do is create a more seamless experience for the customers. So that's their rationale. Um, there's I also okay thoughts. go ahead <laughs> so i'd like I, to hear your thoughts so the the idea that they well we want to make a better system good you should have a better system good for you that that mm -hmm. you should have had a better system with the chevy bolt um but but the at at the expense of what people are used to what people want to use in their vehicles and people want to use CarPlay, they want to use Android Auto in their vehicles. And they, they might not use it for routing. They might use it for other things. I mean, the, every automaker is like, yeah, we can do text messaging with an iPhone. No, you can't. It never works. <laughs> or, you know, we could do this. We could, there are a bunch of little apps that are available via Android Auto or via um, CarPlay that you're just not going to get anymore. You're just not going to get there. You're not going to get the weird podcasting app. You're not going to get this. If they, if they decide, well... It's your, 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 we, we know, I like to use the This American Life app so I can listen to all the, those little podcasts. Um, okay. What if they're like, oh, we're not going to put that on there. Okay. Um, so, that, <laughs> you so okay. but you can use, you can use Spotify. I'm like, but what if I don't want to use Spotify? What, what Spotify? if I want to, what if I want to use uh, Bandcamp? Cause I, you know, I buy a lot of uh, music from, from bands that sell stuff through Bandcamp. Yeah. We got Spotify. <laughs> okay. Um, but Bandcamp's available on CarPlay and Android. Hey, we got Spotify. <laughs> what if I we use Apple Music? Hey, we got Spotify. Yeah, Spotify. So, oh my God, we have Google Music. Like, wait, was that still a thing? Like, no, nah, not really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's YouTube Music. There's YouTube Music, and so you have you you run into this this situation where 
that's fine. You know, you should this all of this should have happened years ago. I mean, they should have seen what Tesla has been has been that's... doing years ago and 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 just done that. And it's, you know, working with Google to make that work with Android Automotive. That's up. That's outstanding. Um, but, you know, Polestar did it with Android Automotive and they worked hard to get CarPlay on there. It took them forever and we all made fun of them. And now it's finally there. <laughs> I mean, I, the idea that there that you have uh, in Toyota for a while didn't want to add. Right, uh, everyone dinged them for that. They're like, yeah. oh, you can't." Get, it was they didn't, it, and they told me they didn't want to give up real estate to to these other these tech companies. They're like, well, "We want to give up this real estate to these tech companies." They're like, "Yeah, but it's it's what people people are making decisions based on this because some people just need something to go from point A to point B." And they, they just want a utility. And in that utility, they want a thing that they like and something that they're comfortable with. Plus yeah. this whole idea that like, we got to do is integration doing this other thing. No, you just want data because they don't get and data. That's, that's they want to the sell. They want to they want to sell your data. They want your data. They want as much information as possible because that is a revenue stream. And see, that's exactly how it feels. And I think the thing is, it's like you can give us all you can give the public everybody, all of the, oh, we're just doing this out of the goodness of our heart to make your experience. No, you're not. Nobody <laughs> believes that. Nobody believes that. Everyone like, everybody knows how looks data at works. It and goes, this is not I because you're like, <laughs> like you're this altruistic <laughs> thing. It's like, no one thinks you're that. Well, some people think you're the evil empire, but most people don't think you're the evil empire. Not anymore. Nobody believes, no, nobody believes GM's the evil empire anymore. Not anymore. Yeah, but it's just, like it's, there's, but this is just, it leads into other things. It's like, don't take away something. Like if you wanted to do this, honestly, where I think you, you, everybody, every OEM, you did a crummy job when infotainment was first a thing, right? It oh, was yeah. never easy to use. It was always tricky. Uh, it was not good. Everyone was frustrated with it. Hence, Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. Hey, they did a great job. This is fantastic. Put this in your cars. So we all got used to this. We all got used to this, to doing it this way, to using something that we're super, super, super familiar with because we all use our iPhones all the time or Android phones all the time. And now you're like, wait, now we figured it out years later. You guys, you guys, you guys, wait, we got this. <laughs> Nobody wants to go. It's like, no, I trusted you seven years ago or whatever. And you gave me garbage. Now you promised me <laughs> that you're going to give me something good. What if you're still giving me garbage? And now I can't even get back to what I know and love and I'm used to and uncomfortable with. I, I mean, maybe long-term strategy. I get it. I get it. There's all this long-term strategy for <clears throat> making money, but I don't think people are going to like this. I shared your story, Sam, because I was so surprised they were doing this like right now. And I said, I shared it. I have universally from everybody who commented to me on Twitter when I shared it, I won't buy these products. This is literally a deal breaker for me. I will not do this. This like nobody likes this idea. I, yeah, I have a lot of normal people, like people who aren't like car people are like replying to me and be like, no. Yeah. No, because they're like, like the, I was thinking journalist. about buying a GM. I was thinking about buying a GM product, but I won't buy it because of this. Yeah. And it's, it, it's, it, that's it's how important, I don't think they realize how important CarPlay is to a lot of people. I think they, it's just become so ubiquitous, ubiquitous, it's, ubiquitous. It's, Ubiquitous. Sorry. It's become so <laughs> ubiquitous um, within the automotive world that people just don't even think about it anymore. Like you, wait, your car doesn't have CarPlay. That's, you know, the, right. That's weird. It's but so you know I, who else doesn't have CarPlay? Tesla. Well, 
Yeah, but Rivian. Tesla's never had CarPlay, and neither is Rivian. Right. That's that's the that's the rub is they they've never had it. So like you can have had it and yeah, now taking it away. That's it. And like it's like okay, if you you've committed to like Tesla and Rivian, we are not doing this. Okay, and you have to make a decision about whether or not you're going to do that. But when you take a brand like GM, all of their cars, and you say like, oh, we've changed our mind. This thing that we incorporated because you hated what we had, and we put in this thing that you all love. We're going to yank the rug out from under you and you're going to have this thing that you don't know if you're going to like, but trust us, you're going to like it. Nobody trusts you. Nobody's ready to trust yeah. it. Nobody's ready to make the switch. I I mean, I get all the, you know, it's all like this sort of forward thinking stuff. I'm like, yeah, maybe, but I think you're going to lose some people. I mean, I think there are people who aren't, if you're a diehard GM person or like there's too many vehicles out there, there's just too many to choose from. That to have something as important as infotainment, where once it was sort of an afterthought, it's a big deal. Like that's a huge part of your experience in a car right now. To have that be frustrating and wonky and not be something intuitive, that's enough for people to say, I don't want to deal with that again. I dealt with that seven, eight, nine years ago. It was awful. I don't want to deal with that again. I don't want to risk dealing with that again. I'm not going to buy your car. I'm getting one of the other 250,000 SUVs currently available on the market in the United States, you know? Yeah. And then you the, the fact that, you know, it's the idea that everyone would have the cars. They all have GMs. Like every car I have would be a GM. I'm like, well, that doesn't work that way because I have exactly. different cars and each car I get into, I have the same interface, which I know, which I understand, which I don't have to learn, you know, a different interface in order to do things. And then people have to rent cars and, yeah, and, see, and you know, it, the, the, the Tesla argument is Tesla was the only EV in town for a long time. So they right. sold a lot of EVs and they're still the Kleenex of EVs, to be honest. But, you know, I've I've written about it and other people have said, when is Tesla getting CarPlay? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Never going to happen. Oh, yeah. Probably, well, we'll see. We'll see if Tesla, you know, at some point they have to do something. I mean, well, they're still selling a lot of cars, but. I just, I don't know. I don't understand this. And then they're like, well, we're only doing on EVs, but not on gas cars. You're like, what? <laughs> That's even crazier. You're just like, oh, my God. For now, for now, they're only doing it on the EV. You know it'll roll out to everything. That's yes. where it's going. It's like we're just going to take this baby step and see how it goes. Good luck with and that. The, the, what the issue is that people are going to – regular people are going to look at this and their 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 immediate assumption is they can't buy a Bolt, right? They, if they go buy a Bolt EV, EUV or EV right now, it's not going to have CarPlay in it because mm-hmm. they're not going to read the whole thing. They're not going to realize it's not going to start until 2024. Not gonna, mm-hmm. But this is a, just immediately, boom, yeah. you can't get a Chevy or, or, a, or a Lyric or a Cadillac or whatever with CarPlay. That's how – And you that's, know that's going to be the perception. People are going to – the, the rumor – the perception is going to be like, they don't have it anymore. Any of their cars, you can get it with well, any of them. For, anywhere for, ever. for what it's worth, you can't get any of those vehicles anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> with or without CarPlay. <laughs> so I, it's, 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 it's such a weird, weird decision because these are software driven cars. That's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, you have choice. You have all this software and you're, you're, it's, it's code. You don't have to put new hardware in. You, you play there, hardware there actually in there. is some hardware that's associated with supporting CarPlay for authentication and stuff, but you know it. It's it's code. <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's mostly code, but there yeah there's, there there's some hardware and you know there there's also you know integrating all of these systems together. You know, getting them all to work together, and and they're not always on the same update cadence and things like that. You know. I mean, what they're saying is, you know, we'll be able to do updates faster 
you know, add add more features to to our software, you know, if we don't also have to support this other stuff. Which is um, that doesn't make any sense because the hardware is there, the software is there. You when you're when you're building out the code, you just don't change that hardware. You just don't change those lines of code. <laughs> That's it. Like this part, no, we don't have to change it because it's not been updated by Apple or it's not been updated by Google <laughs> because of Android Auto. It's Android Auto. That's the other yeah. thing. Because <laughs> there's some things that are available on Android Auto that are not available in Android Auto mode. If you get into the Polestar and you're like, oh, mm -hmm. here's the store, you're like, there's just things missing. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, yeah. I can get this thing in Android there, there's Auto. Definitely, there's definitely fewer apps available in the automotive version of the store than what you can download on your device and run on uh, in Android Auto. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's such a an incredibly weird decision. <laughs> I mean, people will have to accept it or not, but I think it's going to cause some it's going to cause some consternation for some people. You know, I guess one thing I'm curious about, and you know, GM, you know, didn't provide any insight on this. It, you know, I think we, you know, as a group are you know, more we're always trying out new stuff, you know, it's our job. But I wonder how many regular people actually use the projection systems. Yeah, you know, all I mean, they there, use. There's, you know, there's the people who comment online, who tend to be a fairly small percentage of the general population, and not necessarily representative of the general population, because you know, I'm, you know, I I know that you know GM's got telemetry data on how many people actually use projection systems versus you know the number of vehicles that they sell and i'm wondering if part of their their decision making process and i suspect it probably is part of the process is they looked at it and said you know only like five percent or ten percent of customers were actually using this i will well, say if somebody rides that... a motorcycle who can see into cars yeah mm -hmm. i would say 90 percent of them are using some sort of projection but you know system. the other thing that's sort of that, that's no that's... one is using the in-car navigation no one does 90 percent of in-car navigation is trash but even if they have the data on who is using like if you think about that sam who is using these products okay let's just stereotype some oems do you think a younger generation is buying most of the gm products or do you think it's going to an older generation so if you have older folks who might just not be using their phone to begin with then it's sort of a moot point. Like what are, it's almost just like, what are the younger, mm -hmm. what are younger folks using? I, when I see like my kids get in a car, like one of the, they all want to use it. In fact, my, I have a charger that doesn't have it because it's so old. Rose gets home and she's like, oh, she's, she's 20 years old. You know, they expect to see that in a car. Like once they have it, they expect to see it. I think the younger the driver skews, the more likely they are to just want to have what's, you know, to want to do that to do that projection. I think if you're, maybe if you're 65, not so much because you're just not doing that. But I think the, the younger you are, stereotypically, the younger you are, the probably the more tech savvy you are, the more likely you're just going to want to be able to plug and play kind of thing. And mm -hmm. that eliminates that for those people. Plus the data was strong enough for Toyota in, to implement it, which meant they had to do a right? reversal of what they wanted to do. They did not want CarPlay and Android Auto in their vehicles, but they had mm -hmm. a, they looked at the data and they're like, you know what? It's it's enough where people are not buying our vehicles. Let's add it in there. And you know, Tolstar is doing the same thing. And you know, Lucid is, you know, they're they're a young company, but even they were like, we need to put this in here. Yeah. So you you know you have it, they're they're doing the opposite of what other people are doing. All right. Fair enough. Well, we'll see how this all plays out over the coming months. I'm uh, assuming they'll just they'll just like reverse it. <laughs> probably. 
They're like, whoopsie. They're like, April Fools. I I thought it was a joke. I thought it was an April for the first time I saw the the news. A lot I was of like getting ready did. to leave the house. I was like, no. <laughs> and then like, oh no. And so I immediately like I wrote up something for Ars Technica about it. I'm like, this is such a weird. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> why would you do this? Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. I think uh, Nicole's got to quit I pretty soon. Do I so, get a jet in two minutes? Okay. So let's answer one listener question. Um, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on this one. It's from Paul Kavanaugh, uh, on Mastodon, uh, says, I, I have never heard a discussion of how disabled drivers will Mm. recharge their electric vehicles. If you go to a gas station, you can opt, opt out, uh, opt for full serve. Um, some self-service stations will refuel disabled drivers vehicles. How do Tesla electrify America, et cetera, address the needs of disabled drivers? That's a really good question because even well, right now they don't. They right now don't. they don't. And and truly, even I mean, really, I didn't thought about that. But even just as a not disabled driver pulling into one of those charging stations, sometimes just the clearance that you have in terms of getting in and out of your car when you're perfectly mobile is not great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Forget if you're actually someone who's handicapped and needs to have a wheelchair or something to get to a charging port. I don't. I don't know that I've seen one where you could even do that, especially where like you have the chargers that are like up on a curb. How do you get over the curb? Like you can yeah. step over it, but somebody who's disabled can't even step over it. You got to reach up. It's well, and, up. and especially with the CCS cables, you know, they're thicker than the, yeah. than the Tesla cables. They are pretty, they can they be pretty hard. unwieldy. They're well, yeah. manhandling them. And also in the colder weather they're mm-hmm. they get so because they they're unwieldy stiff. to begin with, they get very stiff and they're hard to just turn them to, to get them at the right angle to plug them into your vehicle. They can be a challenge again, and I am not disabled and they can be a challenge. The only thing I can think of, and it's not specifically for disabled drivers, but I guess it could help. When I talked to the folks at Electrify America, they did say that they're um, installing, they're going to be doing some things where they have almost like a, and it's more towards cities, he said, as I recall correctly, where they're going to be having charging stations that are almost like sort of a premium experience, sort of like you can pull in and they have a valet that will take care of it and will get your vehicle charged up for you and you'll be notified when your vehicle is charged. Well, that would allow someone else to charge your so vehicle Somebody else will have you. the hassle of figuring out, why won't this thing start charging? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> someone else can fight with it. Some like, employee. what's wrong with our chargers? Um, but that's it's still, I don't know how accommodating, like, okay, so if you pulled up into this, are you now pulled still so far away from the little, because there's, you know, supposed to be like a more of a, an experience, like when you drive up to a rest stop or travel stop on a highway where you can gas your car and you can go and run to the bathroom and you can get yourself some, Burger King or whatever happens to be there, sort of that kind of experience where you can have everything taken care of. I don't know how accessible that would be, but that's the closest thing I can think of. Well, I, I know the EA station here near my house, you know, the way it's configured, you know, they've got um, pairs of chargers side by side. And then there's, so there's a pair of chargers and then two spots and then two more chargers and two more spots. Um, and, um, you know, there, if you were, you know, if you were in a wheelchair, um, why'd you delete that? I didn't mean to. I was in the wrong spot. <laughs> That's all right. And now I can't bring it back. So you're just going to have to remember uh, uh, what he said. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, there, there is no way that, you know, if you're in a chair, you know, if you were like, if you had, you know, a, a van with hand controls, you know, you got out of the thing in your chair, there is no way you would be able to get that cable no. and plug it in. Um, you know, they, they have to have these stations reconfigured in a different way 
or, you know, I mean, I know that there's work being done on robotic charging systems and things like that. And there's also wireless charging, you know, which is, you know, more for, for home use. Um, you know, and that's, you know, as we start to get wheelchair accessible EVs, you know, that's probably one of the things that we'll have included with those is, is wireless charging systems. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a real challenge. It's it's interesting because they're they are rebuilding a gas station near my house. It was a Valero, and now they're going to rebuild it as a Seven Eleven. And the, the layout's weird, but the when I drive by, the fact that there's no charging stations there is just boggles my mind. Because we still have we should have we should have service stations like you know or or gas station you know charging stations to start sort of becoming gas stations where you have an attendant, you have someone there who can like, Hey, this isn't working. They can call somebody and say, Hey, number 12 isn't working because most people who use it, they're just frustrated. They're not going to use the app. Uh They're not going to get like, let me do some work for electrify America or Diego and tell you that your thing isn't working. You know, they're, they're just like, ah, they just move to the next one. And, or they, if, if you live in North California, you drive five miles, there's another charger, but everywhere else in the world, you're like, well, I'm doomed. (laughs) (laughs) But having someone there and be like, hey, you know, like like you do at a gas station where you need full service, you can have someone who can come out and like and plug that in for you. It's just it, we, we have to start thinking. I know it's, you know, the, the, the yes, you can go to a lot of charge stations are showing up at shopping centers or, you know, with restaurants. And that's great. But I think we 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 need to start looking at attendance, um, people who are there who are being paid uh, to to sort of. Keep an eye, and they can sell. You know, they can sell snacks and drinks, right. and they, that's where all the money comes from at gas stations. Anyway, is all the random beef jerky you sell? Just a <laughs> wall of beef jerky, some fountain drinks, a coffee a machine. Jerky. So, like so a, what you're describing is turn a it into a Bucky's. <laughs> yes. Yeah, whatever Bucky's is, <laughs> that's what they should have. I don't know what Bucky's is. I know what Seven Eleven is. I should just be able to walk in. <laughs> wait, wait you haven't been get... to a Bucky's yet? Wait, wait, wait! Oh. You haven't been to a Bucky's? What's wrong with you? Have you? What? What is a Bucky's? Is it like a, is I'm it just, speechless. It's a, it's, a, it's a Texas thing. It's a little oh. bit outside of Texas. It's it's now there's some in in like Atlanta, not Atlanta, in Georgia. I think there's a couple in Florida. They're like the the they're like a Seven Eleven on steroids. There is practically a wall. Actually, there's a beef jerky. Oh, so, so it's like a truck stop. Better. Better than a truck stop. Bigger than a truck stop. Imagine a hundred gas pumps and five hundred varieties of jerky. And it's like the inside is the size of like a Walmart. And they have they have really good the the food is good though. Like they have like barbecue sandwiches and Bucky should just have a bunch of chargers and you have a you have a person out there. And I'll I will try a Bucky's because I would like to uh, uh you know just everyone's getting beef jerky for the holidays this year. Okay. Then if you want to give everyone beef jerky, you need to go to Bucky's. You can get all the beef jerky you could possibly want. Yeah. We need to. Yeah. But the the robot thing is cool, but it's not, it's not, it's not feasible in an outside out in the middle of nowhere situation. Right. Um, And again, people just are better than robots. It's it's just, and more adaptable. They're more adaptable. I mean, if you're welding the same thing over and over again, let the robot do. Well, that. you know, maybe maybe if if Elon gets his his Optimus robot working, you know, they can just station <laughs> one of those at every supercharger station, you know, where you know, and then just have you know have the robots plug in for you. Hey, if he can make it happen, fine. 
I mean, I don't think he will, but if he can, you never know. Uh, You have little faith. Hyundai, Hyundai has, uh, Hyundai has uh, the the murder, the murder dogs and murder robots. Yeah, that's right. They they bought Boston Dynamics. Yeah, they have Boston Dynamics. So Hyundai and Tesla are the murder dogs. They are so scary. They they also have, I forget what the the name for their, their humanoid robot is the, the Boston Dynamics robot. The one that flips over things. Yeah. I don't need to flip. I just need to open the. You know, yeah, parkour parkour robot. Yeah. I don't need the robot, robot parkouring over my Ionic 5. I just need it to plug in the charger. <laughs> but I would like it to parkour over my own Ionic 5 if it could. I don't, I don't know. I think those things are pretty Woo! heavy. You know, if it if it bounces off the roof, you know, it's a big oh, dent yeah. in your roof or your hood. But if they did a little dance, like while well, it plugs all the cars in and then while everyone's waiting. Entertains you? Yeah, did like some close up magic. See or... now, like me and Robbie are both like dancing, like somehow, like this is got some jazz hands going here. Jazz yeah. hands. <laughs> uh, I think we're that's the we can't get any better than that today. And on that note, <laughs> jazz hands. All right, jazz hands robots. Thank you, everybody. And we will talk to you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Uh... At Parker, our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.